Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include, but are not limited to, professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ, therefore, forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin, and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear His words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed, and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bash, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. We're your hosts, Harrison Kerrig and Pastor Tim Mullet, and today we're joined by Marcus Pittman to help us answer the age-old question, why is Christian entertainment so cringe? So uh, we wanted to thank you for coming on the show today, Marcus, and and talking to us about Christian entertainment. Um, it's something, this is a question that I, I've often thought to myself a lot of times, um, and, and I've definitely been turned off to, you know, certain movies and stuff in the past that I've seen just because they they feel very strange when I watch them for whatever reason. And so I'm glad to, um, you know, we're glad to be able to talk to you about some of this stuff and and hear kind of your perspective on it since you're you're kind of in that world right now. But before we get there, Marcus, why don't you just take some time to uh, introduce everyone uh, to who you are, some some stuff about you. Yeah, my name is uh, Marcus Pittman. I'm the CEO and founder of uh, Lore TV, which is a, a new streaming platform that uh, we've built that allows a monthly subscriber to fund the movies and TV shows themselves instead of relying on Hollywood executives <laughs> to do that. But before that, you you might have heard from me from uh, uh, the work I've done. I was at, at Apologia Studios for about five years. I uh, started me and Jeff kind of started that Apologia Studios thing, uh, got that off the ground. Um, I did Babies Are Murdered Here and Babies Are Still Murdered Here in terms of films. Uh, and then, of course, I worked on um, like How to Answer the Fool. And uh, what's another one? Uh, I mean, just picking one from Amer American Vision that I worked on a symposium on Revelation, which you might not have heard of. <laughs> no mm. one's. Oh, and uh, I was I did some video work for the founders uh, by standard documentary. So that's sort of where I've been. OK, yeah, cool. And and so you said you're the founder, you're the CEO of Lore TV. So mm -hmm. what what is that? Tell everyone what that is if they haven't heard of it before. Yeah. So Lore is a streaming platform that we built. And uh, the, the, the basic way it works is the monthly subscriber gets an internal currency we're calling loot. And that loot uh, allows you to, to sort of spend uh, your subscription money 
funding movies, TV shows, the episodes that'll come to the platform. The, the way that works is uh, if you take like Netflix or Disney Plus, they sort of take a percentage of every monthly subscriber. So let's say you're paying 10 bucks a month for a subscription service. They would take maybe 50% of that and they would put that money back into content, movies and TV shows and all this other mm-hmm. uh, stuff. And, mo- and most of that stuff is is nonsense that you don't want to see and don't care about. Uh, but every now and then they get a hit. Um, but And so what we're doing is we're saying, well, let's just take that 50% that goes to content and give it to the monthly subscriber back. That way they can fund the movies and TV shows that they want to see and, and not be dependent on uh, you know Hollywood executives and, and stuff like that. So that's sort of that's sort of what we're doing. Okay. And so, so what motivated you to want to do this in the first place? Yeah. I I mean, there was a time, um, well, I I think mainly really we were, uh, I did, we did me, uh, we did babies are still murdered here. That movie came out. Um, we put it up on YouTube. It actually got, um, demonetized on YouTube immediately. Um, really? There was just Not surprising. No, there was no way. Yeah, there was no way we could have ever gotten that movie monetized without censoring keywords that <laughs> yeah. make the movie matter. And then um, talking code or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it just it just wouldn't have worked. And then, uh, but we put it on Amazon Prime, and it was on Amazon Prime for a while, about three months, and then uh, Amazon Prime deleted it uh, from their platform. Um, uh, I didn't know at the time that they deleted pretty much all independent documentaries from their platform. I thought it was just because it was dealing with abortion or whatever. And, uh, turns out, uh, they deleted all of them, but I didn't know that. And that's sort of where I sort of came up with the problem was that Christians need a streaming platform that doesn't suck like pure flicks or anything or something like that. Right. Like just in general, the Christian media options are just not very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, they've been terrible for a long, long time. And uh, there was a time where I actually left Apologia for about eight months, and I actually worked for the ad agency that did PureFlix's uh, social media marketing. So I got to spend a lot of time talking to the people at PureFlix and in the C-suite there and um, just sort of realizing that there really wasn't any hope for Christian media <laughs> <laughs> there uh and uh there was just a massive just misunderstanding in terms of what art and film is um and, and so so that's sort of that and then so I went going there and then went and made babies are still murdered here and then i got canceled and then that's sort of what you know kind of sort of put me on the path really really um maybe could you go into a little more detail in terms of what you mean by yeah yeah no they yeah, didn't, sure. they didn't um, really so, understand so one of the one of the reasons christian movies in general feel like hallmark movies is they're designed that way on purpose so um everything every every decision that is made in terms of what film is put out in christian media um is is determined based on math and data Right. So, uh, you know, it, it, that's why a lot of uh, films you'll see in Christian media are uh, pure flick, uh, not pure flick. Uh, a lot of a lot of films you'll see in Christian media are um, about a horse. They're about a, a, a young girl. They're about a mm-hmm. mother. 
and or they're about um uh some some sort of something like that right so they have these analytics that they use to sort of make these decisions and the reason they do that is because when christian movies first started started coming out to the movie theater they were only in the movie theaters like maybe two or three weeks and so they realized kind of quickly and this is i think it was kind of smart of them to figure this out they realized that they need to sell their dvds in places uh that they could uh, right because it wasn't going to be a theater long so the only way they were going to make their money back uh was video stores um and more specifically lifeway christian bookstore family christian bookstore mm-hmm. christian bookstores and so they looked at data and they said oh well women are the main shoppers uh to lifeway christian bookstores <laughs> Uh, so we're going to make all our movies women like courses right and that's why that's why you look at like courageous for example is is a a film about fatherhood uh but it's it's really made for women it's a movie made for women to bring their husbands into the theater right but it's not a movie for men right like men wouldn't go see courageous on their own uh a vast majority of men wouldn't go and see courageous on their own, but they would go to see Top Gun Maverick because that, <laughs> that's a male-driven movie, right? And right. So, right. Um, their their mentality has always been, well, we need to go, which is weird because um, you would think you would you would make movies that would get men into the Christian bookstores to buy them, uh, but that's not how they do it. They look a lot of Christian media is based on what's already there, and not trying to. Uh, uh, sort of break the rules. <laughs> as, as, as so, so what you're trying to say, Marcus, is that uh, women have poor taste in movies. Is that what you're trying to say? That's the reason why Christian no, movies are terrible. <laughs> I think we have different tastes in movies. Uh, you know, because men and women are are different. And, uh, right. Movies that women like are the movies that women like, and but that's not necessarily the movies that men like. And right. um, and usually, <laughs> from a business standpoint. Uh, the women will go with the men to see a movie, right? But the men won't necessarily go with a, wo- a woman to see a woman's movie. So it's a bad decision. It's a bad marketing decision to just only target women for your films um, because you're 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 automatically cutting out fifty percent of the population. And that's what the problem we have now within Christian media is that there are no male there is no male driven content, right? There is no content for men, uh, uh, right? So there's not a lot of uh, you know, Christian gripping like reality television, right? There's not a lot of uh, uh, war movies, right? There's not a lot of uh, Christian-driven um, uh, or male-driven. There's not a lot of male-driven uh, cartoons, right? So, like, there's a whole massive swath of entertainment that is just missing. Um, uh, Doug talked about that. Uh, yeah, I think he had a blog about that, and it essentially it's uh, true to life uh, in that. You know, if you think about the standard, you know, you know, I was joking with you, but I mean, there is some kind of, um, there, there is a difference between the standard, um, you know, media that a lady is going to enjoy and a man is going to enjoy. And typically, you know, with movies like, you know, you talked about the Hallmark, Hallmark movie kind of thing that is, uh, driven towards women and in your standard Hallmark movie, it is very true that the plot is the development of the relationship 
Whereas in, um, you know, entertainment is geared more towards men, like uh, books that are geared towards men or movies that are geared towards men. Like the issue is that it's the quest, you know, that is central. It's not uh, the, you know, it's not the formation of a relationship that is the central component uh, to it. It's, you know, there is some kind of conflict and there's some kind of quest that is central to the endeavor. And that yeah. just shows up in the way that girls write books and the way that men write books too. Yeah. And so did there's something. Did, you, did y'all see Top Gun yet? I, I haven't. Yet. I haven't. But I really I, want to. I've heard. Never mind. Good, never mind. Good thing. Don't uh, ruin it. <laughs> yeah. No, hey, man. No spoilers on the show. Yeah, never mind. Uh, I, I, I will say though um, that there's a definite. I think one of the things. I mean, the way it was shot and everything is really great. But one of the just incredible aspects of the film is just how masculine it is. Right. Mm-hmm. It is a male-driven film, and you know, I, I made the joke on Facebook that. My favorite practical effect on that movie was how the female fighter pilots were just there and didn't do anything and how reali- <laughs> how realistic that was. Um, <laughs> well, so it, it is. I mean, in every they single... kind of cut them out but left them there and, you know, <laughs> they weren't... But really... in every single movie now, it is really true that, like, the, uh, it, you know, like all the new Star Wars movies, it, it, it uh, does strain, like, the imagination to think that, like, the strongest character in the movie, the most courageous character in the movie is the woman. And in some sense, it's like, this is not true to life, and this isn't right. whether life and that's works. Why, that's why Mandalorian was so successful, I think, because you have this father-son covenantal adoption relationship that's really happening in the Mandalorian that you don't have, um, and it won't last forever. <laughs> <laughs> right it won't mm-hmm. last forever but while it is there it's really good and um i think there's a consistent uh, you know it's called you know i think we call it the hero's journey um in storytelling there, there's just this consistent uh because we're image bearers i think we tend to relate uh very passionately to uh father-son stories right because that's what the gospel is ultimately a father-son story um, and and so that's sort of we relate to that, but Hollywood doesn't realize that. You know, they'll, you know they'll they'll think that um, Top Gun is successful because Tom Cruise is in it, or because they spent you know so much on marketing it, and people have been waiting four years to see it. There'll be all these other reasons and analytics and data as to why Top Gun is one of the highest grossing films of all time, uh, but it won't be because Oh, it's a good father-son story, <laughs> right? right? Like that won't be there. But um, so so th- so th- it's it's a lot there to that. Um, and I think you know that's one of the values that we're going to have at Lore is just, uh, or really, I think this is one. Of, it's one of the keys that any Christian film company or distribution company uh, can really understand is that um, it, we don't just think that movies are good because we look at the analytics and data, although that's important. Um, I think the analytics and data should confirm uh, our worldview, right? So our worldview says that humans are created in the image of God and God has given us stories and God has given us these kind of stories. And if God is telling these kind of stories, then people who are creating the image of God must somehow naturally relate to those kinds of stories. Um, right. And so uh, else, you know, the, the Bible is not true. <laughs> <laughs> but because the Bible is true, we can make this sort of decisions. And then we can look at the ana- analytics and data and say, oh, yeah, see, that's true. So um, mm-hmm. so, so I think that's sort of um, what's what, what's going to set us apart is, you know, oh, we always talk about AI and the algorithm and stuff like that. But nobody 
puts their algorithm and their data within a theological framework, um, especially a reformed theological framework. Right. So that's yeah. sort of uh, what I think is going to make us really different. You know, and I'm glad you brought up the, the theological aspect of it because I know for me personally, you know, every I get ads for like Pure Flix and stuff all the time when I'm on YouTube or, you know, what, whatever I'm on online. Whenever I see ads, I see stuff about Pure Flix. And sometimes <laughs> this is this is funny, but sometimes I'll watch the ad just for the entertainment of it, <laughs> but not because I'm actually entertained by the the you know the story that they've come up with i'm more, i'm entertained right. because i want to see like a the, you know the train wreck basically. the train wreck basically yeah, yeah like right. i can't take my eyes away from what's happening on the screen i just have to see how bad this is basically and, yeah. and right. i think I, it seems like a lot of that has to do with the you know the theological ideas that are um being communicated in a lot of these things that really for me ultimately turned me off you know like i'm never going to actually go watch the whole movie that i just saw an ad for because the ad really didn't even honestly it didn't really even seem that christian right if, well if, if you're that, not going to watch the movie you're not going to subscribe per month oh what what do you mean well you're not you're not you don't you're not going to get a pure flex subscription right right if you don't even want to watch the movie <laughs> Right, right, right. And so that's that's the key. That's a key data point uh, that they don't take into, you know. Oh, really? You know. Well, yeah. I mean, because if if you're only looking at who gets a subscription and not looking at who doesn't, mm-hmm. you're neglecting that entire market, right? Right. So, um, so you're not able to really understand how to, I guess, yeah, expand I, and I grow that. Yeah, that. it's it's about it's interpreting the data wrong, uh, and they're mm-hmm. neglecting that. That world. I forget that. I don't know if I know the whole story, but there's a story about like uh, some guy during World War II or World War One. They were looking at the planes coming back with uh, uh, the bullet holes more mm-hmm. in them in a certain way, and and they were looking at that and they were like, "Oh, this, you know, the ones that crashed." I forget exactly, but they they, they the, all the scientists were interpreting the data wrong that they saw right before them. But it was one guy that stood up and said, "Oh, well, well maybe if they make it back, then." it's not where they got shot. That's the problem. <laughs> it's, the yeah. It's where they didn't back, get right? shot. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's the um, one that didn't make it back and where they got shot that we need to strengthen the armor. And so basically they, uh, strengthened the armor, not where it got shot, but where it didn't get shot. Um, because, and so, and so they saved lots of lives by doing that. And so, it's, so it's, it's all how you look at the data. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so that's sort of, um, uh, <clears throat> what I think the Christian worldview sort of sort of helps, right? but like you know, they're neglecting men, they're neglecting uh, teenagers, they're they're neglecting. Um, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, for the most part, they're neglecting young children too, because uh, they're they're not making content for young children; they're making content for parents, um, which is not the same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's interesting that if that's the Christian response, like it seems like the. Uh... Uh, the pagan response at this point uh, is essentially to ignore the data and to keep shoving down our throat movies that no one want to watch to the neglect of their business. You know, Um, that's absolutely true. One of the things like Netflix is they don't tell you what people are really watching, uh, but they put out false narratives about what 
they want you to think people are watching, right? So, um, you know, if there's a a show that doesn't meet a certain diversity standard, right? There's not enough LGBT characters, not enough black characters, not enough Asian characters. If it doesn't meet that sort of diverse standard, it doesn't make the top 10, even if more than it's the most watched show on, on the platform. Um, mm. They only promote to you the shows that they want you to see. And, and, and they uh, pretend like that's the shows everybody else is watching. Right. So you get this sort of, false understanding of uh what people really want to see mm-hmm. or, um, and what you think you want to see um, so right. it's really it's really dangerous game but remember for them it's not about the the power of netflix isn't in the money that it makes it doesn't make a lot of netflix isn't a, a big profit maker um it's it's in the ability to control the stories that are put before 200 million people right like that's that's where the power is. And that's why we built lore because uh, they're right about that. <laughs> they're right about yeah. that. And, and there needs to be just like there, you have Netflix, there needs to be, or Disney, there needs to be a global Christian brand when it comes to movies and filmmaking. And there's just not right now. There's mm-hmm. not a global brand. There's not a Chick-fil-A or a Hobby Lobby <laughs> or Christian entertainment anymore. Um, it's just, it doesn't exist. And so that's sort of what I think uh, we plan to change. Come on, man. You're ignoring the titan that is Pure Flix. Well, yeah, yeah, because they're owned by Sony now. So I don't consider them a Christian company. Anymore. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so they I got didn't... bought by Sony a year and a half ago, maybe. Okay. So, yeah. So what is your perspective like when it comes to other sorts of Christian entertainment? What What is your perspective in terms of the actual... Um, theology that's being pushed out, and and if you have, I, I didn't realize you worked there, but if you have any insight into how that kind of decision is made, I'd love to hear about that as well. In terms of like, what kind of you know, theological ideas? I don't think there is. Uh, a th- I don't think there ever was really a theological framework. There might have been an evangelical framework, mm-hmm. uh, which is just okay. It has to have the altar call. It has the you know, do this or say that. I'm, I'm learning more. The, the more, the more lore gets to speak to filmmakers uh, who have been in that industry. Uh, we hear fun stories about stuff that gets cut out or uh, sort of notes that they get that to change stupid stuff. But I don't think they're really I, like, I know for certain uh, that there's not a theological framework, uh, uh but I probably can't talk about that publicly. Uh, but but there, there, there's not um, uh, not in terms of how they look and you know they do their stuff. Um, but but I but I would say that um, you know the Kendrick brothers like have good theology. Like I think like their brother they're they're Christians. They're legitimate. Like the work they do is really good. Um, I, I I think my only Thing is that they are like Kendrick brothers are making stuff for the audience that they helped make. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. So they've built this Christian film genre, um, which is its own unique thing. Um, and so they're going to continue to make stuff for them, for that genre that they've built out that they've made. And uh, I think their theology is good. Um, I, I, I do question 
you know, why they've had like, I think, was it Beth Moore in, in some of stuff? Or like, <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you about that, Marcus, because yeah, I, so I don't know. But, um, but you know, I, I would say they're probably, uh, they're not a high theology Christian. They're in that low theology Christian, probably, where, where they would probably sit. Well, I, I was, yeah, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about that because I, you know, maybe just take them as an example of Christian movies that, I mean, they've, um, of all the Christian movies that are out there, they're the ones going to the theater and they're probably like the paradigm for what we're talking about in a certain sense. But then um, it seems like, you know, I, I'm curious about your critique of their movies, like in terms of their style. Like if I were to try to like think about the things that bothered me about the movies in general, like Facing the Giants and War Room and uh, Courageous and Fireproof and everything else i mean obviously like it's low budget and there's acting problems but then like with the theology itself it seems like there is a very strong kind of you know prosperity feel to them all that's pretty yeah, off-putting to me yeah, i don't i don't know like i don't know um theologically where where those guys are i'd love to, have to sit down and have a conversation with them and and you know figure that out i don't think they're reformed calvinistic baptist uh-huh. <laughs> You know, I think they're probably mainstream evangelical megachurch Baptist, Southern Baptist, right? So that's yeah. not heresy. They're just weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think that I think that sort of you know leans into um, where you get you know their stories, uh, right? So it's just you know the the sort of message the pastor preaches on Sunday is going to be the sort of story that you get from them in the theaters. Right. So, cause it all just, it, it comes from the church, right. Stories comes from yeah. uh, the theology of the people who are making it, whether that's, you know, an unbeliever theology or just, you know, weak evangelical jellyfish sort of theology. Um, that's but, sort of what you're going to get. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, you know, if you can turn David and Goliath into winning a football game, then there's like at least something weird going on, right. uh, maybe at the very least. But, but what, you know, as with the movies, like what is, what would be your critique of their movies in general? Like uh, what would be the thing that you would say, um, uh, oh. like there's no shortage of like internet articles you can look up and you have people who, you know, sometimes like the critique is that there's like an overt gospel like presentation in there and that's just too much. You need to be more subtle. And then, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, I mean, I have a list of things in my mind about all the critiques that people generally give, but I am curious, like what would be your critique of their, their, uh, what they're doing? You could say that their movies are too preachy. uh, But I find, I find that a bad argument now that, um, you know, any Hollywood movie is just preaching LGBT cultural (laughs) Marxism to you. Harder than anything the Kendrick Brothers has ever done. Um, I, it I is a double standard, right? <laughs> yeah, I like. I don't mind a. I don't mind a movie being preachy, I, but I think it can be executed well. Sure. Um, the, uh, the, it seems like the. Uh, well, I'll give you an example. So we're doing a show, uh, a comedy called a comedy sitcom called The P Case, which is about. Uh, it actually stars Show Baraka. And uh, he has uh, a mixed family of, uh, of maybe of, of several kids um, and his wife. And then he's a pastor of a church. And so as his basically as his family sort of falls apart, so does the church. And as the church is 
And as the family is strengthened, the church is strengthened. So that it's really based on that um, premise of having uh, a father who, a pastor who has his household in order, right? That's key. So it's really a struggle to keep his household in order and it's comedy and it's uh, whatever, but it is probably the most theological show, Christian TV show I've ever seen in my life, but it doesn't feel like it's preaching at you at one time, which is weird. It's hard to explain. You'd have to see it. And when you do see it, you'll be able to probably confirm that Uh, it's incredibly theological. There's actual preaching moments because it's at a church but it just doesn't feel like it, like, it just feels like that's a course you would have that. Right. There's like, cause it just makes sense. Um, and, and so I think it's just really an execution thing with, with, uh, you know, it's like those Baptist churches that have to have the altar calls, right? Well, you, well, your movies have to have the altar calls too. If your movies are for the purpose of evangelism, um, and not just to entertain for the sake of entertainment, um, which is, uh, I think a mistake that these Christian film industries have created is that movies are gospel tracks and they most certainly uh, do not have to be gospel tracks <laughs> and probably shouldn't be gospel tracks <laughs> more importantly. Right. So what, what would you think would be, um, so part of it is just execution thing then. So like you look at a movie like that, you say, all right, execution's a little bit off. Uh, I think, you know, Doug had an article about, um, that where he's somewhat defending the Ken- Kendrick brothers in that yeah it's low budget and he wants to encourage them like uh, in that like encourage them with their low budget production and yeah and bad acting and hey we need more of this so keep on going and uh, as far as that goes but w- what would you say would be um, um, things that like elements of that movie style so part of it is it's just um, the the preachy element feels like it's not being executed in a natural right. way perhaps it feels like an altar call kind of way but what else would you say would be are the components of something you want to do differently than what perhaps they're doing yeah, as well, a standard. Yeah, the best way to just explain the difference is just to talk about some of the projects that we have coming to lore. Um, yep. and, but, but they have to be projects I can talk about. Hold on. Because <laughs> <laughs> We can't know too much, or you're gonna to have to take us out. Yeah, huh? I, yeah, we, we don't. We haven't really defined what we can and can't talk about. But I'm trying to think about. Well, American Recon is a good example. American Recon is a. It's a reality show, a reality documentary show about this uh, militia group in Arizona that you know sort of took over when Biden's you know sort of defunded the border patrol, right? So. Um, they're uh, just regular everyday people. Uh, they're just private militia and they stop sex trafficking and uh, drugs and stuff from coming across the border. Um, not really a Christian show at all. Um, not even probably maybe not even everyone in there is a Christian, uh, but it's about something that's that's good. It's about um, neighbors coming together to defend their life and property and families and stuff like that. Right. So, uh, there's a lot of Christian elements into it, but it's not really at all, even a Christian project. And then we, we announced busted Bible stories, which is, uh, an animated cartoon by Chris Savino. Chris Savino was director and producer for Dexter's laboratory, Powerpuff girls, mm-hmm. loud house, all these sort of things. Um, and, and now he's doing uh, Busted Bible Stories, which is an animated cartoon series, uh, uh, you know, about uh, a boy and a sheep who travel back in time and 
uh, try to make sure the Bible stories happen accurately. You know, if you could sort of think about um, Back to the Future when Marty McFly, you know, has the picture that disappears. <laughs> I think that's sort of, you know, what their job is to make sure that the scriptures stay exactly the way they are. And so just really fun, goofy way of, of looking at it, you know, um, so like just, it just, it doesn't take itself seriously. Like that's, I think is like the real key. And, um, and, and then, so th there's that one, uh, Laura Clausen is doing, um, an animated series of short cartoons that are done by secret Disney and DreamWorks animators, each episode being on, um, a subject of abortion. Um, sure. so it is, one of the hardest cartoons I've ever seen in my life. The first one, uh, I, I just saw the animatic Kevin Sorbo does the narration of it. Um, it is insane. <laughs> mm. It is. I, I, I think, you know, it, it, it's just, it's just an incredibly valuable piece of art. And that's only the first episode and it's violent. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, I, I described it as a, uh, when I saw it, I described it as like a Disney cartoon getting slaughtered. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, it's just incredible. Um, great. And and that's nothing you could ever be able to put on Pure Flex. Not, not even close. Um, right. The other thing we're trying to do is we're just trying to do uh, give artists the freedom to really just make the content that they want to make. Um, they've never uh, we've had several artists uh, that we've that have pitched us projects they have multiple projects and um either they'll pitch us like three or four projects and they're all oh, you could tell they made these and wrote these for the pure flex audience or the christian film audience they knew that these stories would get sold and so we just ask them and go well you know if you were not writing a movie or tv show for pure flex what movie would you want to make you know what project are you most passionate about and the artists are like no one's ever asked me that before uh -huh. <laughs> right because it's all about what the artist can get sold and not what the artist is really passionate about and wants to make um mm -hmm. and so that's sort of one of our key differences is just look we don't we're not going to pass down notes to you we're not going to make suggestions uh and stuff like that you know if you're a christian we trust you to make a great show um, so do it. Um, and if you're not, uh, here's our rules. <laughs> and, what, 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 uh, what would be the, what would be the breaks? I mean, like at some point, so like, you know, a lot of the critiques of you know, standard Christian movies are, you know, essentially that, you know, if you're not like taking a bath and, uh, total depravity, then it's just not realistic or something along yeah. those lines. So you yeah. have to just like walk through the gutter with people, uh, you know, in order to, for it to feel real or something along those lines, but like, or do you have any, well, like, you don't um, have to walk through the gutter, like literally. Um, so like, <laughs> you know, well, I'm just, I'm trying to get at what would be the, like yeah. as a, as a lore TV, are there yeah. any kind so have, of, uh, two, no, you can't have sex on camera. Yeah, you we know? have two strict rules. It's pretty yeah. much no nudity, no blasphemy, uh, no gratuitous sex sort of scenes like that. Right. So, um, but that's pretty much it. Um, language we're pretty open-handed about um, um, as long as it's done redemptively I think um, you know and you can read you can actually find more about that um, if you read Doug Wilson's book A Serrated Edge he talks about uh, language and so but what we really found is uh, the, most of the filmmakers 
don't want to push the envelope. <laughs> yeah. They don't want to push. They don't want to push it. Um, uh, they don't want to write a nudity scene in, in the right. They don't like. They just don't want to do that. Hollywood makes them do that, right? You know, because they, have, right. you know, um, I think I heard. I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that Netflix has a rule. It's basically like if you got boobs in the first five minutes, you'll have them for the whole series. Um, so they try to make a, 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 they try to put sex in the first five minutes of a show um, so that you can hook them for the rest of the series. Um, and 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 that's that's why sometimes you'll be watching a show on Netflix as soon as you start, and you'll just go, ah, oh, that's crazy. And then it's like <laughs> not throughout without like any of the re- other the show. That's why. Um, so, so they have, the, but, but people don't want, like filmmakers don't want to do that. You know, there's a big movement in Hollywood right now to not have nudity in films. Um, so, um, I, I think I heard it's like a, I think it was like Ashton Kutcher and like a whole bunch of other artists signed like a, um, anti-porn thing in Hollywood. I, I heard, so I don't know how true that is, but so there, there's, there's a, a, a movement that's happening, um, even with Hollywood, I, I mean, you know, Game of Thrones, uh, the actress was just so destroyed by her work there that it was another actor that took them, took her into the producer's office uh, and defended her and said, you know, she's not going to do this anymore, right? Um, because it's just disgusting, <laughs> right? And so, so. I, I don't think Hollywood wants them, the, the actors or directors and filmmakers, I don't think they really want to do that. I think they're being told they have to do that sort of stuff. And so, you know, we're of the, we're of the opinion that we'll give artists the freedom to make what they want. And if they screw that up, uh, then uh, the artists, uh, then, then the consumers uh, just won't fund their projects in the future. Um, and so uh, the consequences in the free market, really. So that's where they're like in uh, app currency. They can fund. Is that is that kind of how the system works? Yeah, yeah. Sort of like a video in, in video game. They're loot. video game currency. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that currency is coming. Is that you said that's coming directly from their subscription? Yeah, or, or it's like fifty percent of their. Yeah, your monthly subscription will give you a certain amount of money you can spend every week funding movies and TV shows. Have y'all got beta invites to the platform yet? Uh, I I have yes. Okay, what do you think? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I watched um a little bit of the um uh all all the nations. Is Teach that that's nations? what it's called, right? Yeah. Teach all nations. I watched a little bit. I watched a little bit of both of them. Dark Holler um, is the other one. Yeah, Dark Holler. I watched yep. that as well. I think maybe the um how many episodes are there? Uh, I think there's three of Dark Holler. Three. Okay. Or three is coming. I think okay. three is coming. There might be. I, I'm not sure. Um, I I watched a few episodes of it. Um, uh, like when when I uh got my subscription, I I watched them because I think they were already available. Yeah. I got my I got my invite a little bit. Um, like a few weeks after it had been open to the well, I guess not open to the public, but semi open to the public. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. So I thought it was really interesting, and I I did find myself wondering, you know, hey, what's kind of the decision making process in terms of, um, 
you know, like what gets green lighted? Are there things that that don't get green lighted at oh, all? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Oh really? Okay. Oh, yeah. But what we're not we're not a free speech platform, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a mistake that uh, is easy to make. But no streaming platform, no film company, no studio is a free speech studio, right? Uh, what we're offering is a way for artists who don't have the opportunity, like talented artists uh, who don't have the opportunity to really uh, tell the stories that they want to tell, to have them told and be paid very well for it. Like that's sort of what we want to do. We want to just befriend the filmmaker and give them freedom. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and so uh, that, that's sort of really what we want to do, uh, but there is a there is a background check that we go through internally, you know, to make sure the guy is actually skilled at what he does, <laughs> that they've completed projects before, that they have a history of 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 making great content, those sort of things, mm-hmm. and then from there we hear their pitch, um, and then usually we say uh, that's not the pitch you want to make, that's the pitch you know you can sell. So what's the pitch you want to make? And then mm-hmm. that's where we usually get the good ones. And so, um, uh, so yeah, so that's where that sort of where that comes from. So you brought up earlier, uh, what, what was the name? Something recon American recon. Yeah. That's just, Ameri- a, yeah. So that's an example of a guy, um, who, you know, he's been doing reality television, uh, before, um, and he's been filming these guys out there on the border in, in Arizona, protecting the border and, and, and whatnot. And, uh, and yeah, it was too, it was too crazy, uh, for, you know, the neocons of the daily wire <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, it, it, and then it was, uh, obviously way too conservative for anything in Hollywood. So it's just in this middle space and that sort of space is sort of where we like, uh, to exist. Like if, mm-hmm. if it's, if it's too edgy for pure flicks and too Christian or conservative for Hollywood, we'll probably like it a lot. So, <laughs> um, so I guess in, in your mind, when it comes to making decisions in terms of what gets put on lore and, and, you know, the things that, that aren't going to get put on lore, what, uh, is there like a filter that says, Hey, we need it to have some, some sort of like, christian value does it have to have like a, no. a gospel presentation to, no. you know what, what's the is there any kind of thought or i guess not obviously there's probably thought put into that but what it, you know what does that um no yeah there's process not, look there's like? not like the stuff that, that you know we have a uh, it's, it's interesting because a good story is inherently christian <laughs> right so uh it's it's really easy to look at like a like a Pureflix movie where you have this gospel moment and the bad guy gets saved, right? Like that's really uh-huh. easy to say, well, that's a Christian story, but uh, what's, what's that movie, a movie called with Denzel Washington and he's got the Bible. Um, book of oh, Eli. The book of book Eli. Eli. Great Christian film. Probably one of the best Christian films ever made. Right. Um, and, and that, that does have more of a, uh, a Christian message in it. For sure. Um, uh-huh. uh, so, so, uh, but then you have, um, I think Top Gun was a great Christian film. <laughs> really? <laughs> right? Okay. Well, not, not because there was a gospel presentation or anything religious in it whatsoever. 
I think just the thematic, the, the theme of it, you know, what it's trying to uh, demonstrate is is that of, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to give anything away for you guys, but I would just say that. I would say I would say that movie uh, is probably, but there's not, <laughs> like you wouldn't, you wouldn't find it in a you wouldn't find it in a Christian bookstore, and there's some elements in it that kind of make it not good, right? As a crit, like you know, there's some like blasphemy in it that wouldn't be on lore, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, like it was a great film, right? And and it had a strong message that you know uh, any Christian can relate to, um, or just any human, right, can relate to. And so that that's sort of the thing. Like, here's the the, the way I put it is is this way: uh, God created the heavens and the earth, and the beauty of the stars and the planets, and the sun and the moon, and just you know the heavens, right? Declare the glory of God. Uh, but as beautiful as that art is, uh, it's still general revelation at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. It's not special revelation. Um, so art, I think, has a place. Uh, to be just general revelation. It doesn't have to be special revelation. It doesn't have to be a gospel track. And uh, I think that's the mistake we get into when we're talking about Christian films is that it becomes this sort of special revelation uh, project when it should just be a general, a good story, right? And and, and if God, and, and, and you notice, um, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God, but just not in a salvific way. Um, mm-hmm. And I think our story should be able to do the same thing. Um, and so, yeah, so I don't think there's, there's not a real, there really isn't a real trigger. And I think, you know, the, 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 you know, for what is a Christian story or what's not, I just think, I think all good stories are Christian stories. Um, they just in, in the, I mean, part of the, you know, an example of that is uh, without giving too much away, we have um, animated cartoon series that were, going to announce soon um and the animated cartoon series is just like stupid looney tune cartoon style stuff, <laughs> right there's nothing theological about it at all mm-hmm. um, but the value of it is that you know it's just for you know fathers and sons and mothers and daughters to sit on the couch and just enjoy time with each other um, and laugh together, right? But that there's nothing theological about Looney Tune style cartoons, uh, but they're still great, <laughs> right? And so um, part of lore is just letting uh, the artists be free to tell whatever story he wants and and let the glory of God be declared through the talents that the artists have. So, so uh, yeah, part of it. Um, so part of it seems like. Uh, you know, the point you're making is that a story doesn't have to be have an explicit gospel, mes- uh, gospel, you know, altar call uh, moment in it in order to be Christian. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to contain Bible verses in it. I think that's what you mean when you're saying it doesn't have to contain special revelation. But then, you know, for it to be Christian, it, it seems like it would have to be drawing on, you know, the themes that are given to us on special revelation, meaning that general revelation is somewhat like vague, like in terms of it's not really saying much other than that there's a God who created with power, but then, you know, like if, you know, like, you know a good story is going to involve like creation, fall, like, uh, you know, redemption of some sort. Uh, so it's going to follow some kind good. of gospel um, arc or some kind of, oh, go ahead, keep on. 
It could, but I, but I tend to think that um, uh, a tragedy is just as valuable, right? Um, you know, a tragedy where, you know, I, I say this about Breaking Bad all the time is great. Great Breaking Bad is a great example of how sin just destroys everyone around you um, and sure. brings them into your sin as well, right? And there's no happy ending. <laughs> there. Sure, sure. And that's what makes, you know, that's what's so powerful about it. There's justice at the end of Breaking Bad, but, you know, it's not, it's not. Well, it's um, falling in like a broader, like you, you, you know, you may not, like every story is part of a bigger story, right? right. And so it has yeah. to fit somewhere. But then how do you, like, um, I suppose like there's, there's a way of talking about this that is not entirely clear in my mind. How do we talk about it in a way that is, um, Helpful because it seems to me that, you know, when Brett McCracken writes his articles every year on, you know, trying to sanctify everything that Hollywood is putting out, and <laughs> he sounds pretty similar to some of the things yeah, you're saying. He's really hey, dumb with it. What was oh, he? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's not very, no, it's not very thoughtful or smart. It's, it's, well, it's uh, not. It's not. I just, fruit. What was the one he just did? He just did one. Um, well, it's embarrassing. Some of them are really embarrassing, and like I think Jared Wilson was making fun of him a little bit, like uh, what Christians can learn from Rock Dog, you know. And then the right. answer is, well, probably nothing, you know. But then a lot right. of them feel that way, like you're just trivializing. Like well, if everything is about, like if everything is about, uh, you know, the gospel and Christ, then nothing is about it. And like, what are we? Like at some point, like there has to be, yeah, like you can't just redeem just everything. Right? That I wanted to, uh, I wanted to mock. I was trying to figure out. Well, I'm happy for you to mock anything he writes. <laughs> uh, oh, why rise and fall narratives are surging in popularity. That oh, one, yeah, I, I that saw was that the one. He yeah. just did, and uh, uh, and it's and it's all about perhaps we shouldn't laugh at people who who like you know put others down or whatever or something like something stupid like that but that's not <laughs> why that's not why rise the rise and fall narratives are so popular in our society the the reason it's not because people like to laugh and mock other people the reason they're so popular in our society and specifically with the examples that he uses which was um, I, I pulled it up it's we work the inventor uh fire the greatest party that never happened lula rich uh, White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch, uh, Super Pump, The Battle for Uber. All of those um, are examples of wealthy people uh, showing that they're evil. And our country hates billionaires, right? Our country sees capitalism as an enemy. Because we're covetous. <laughs> That's right. The Gospel Coalition sees capitalism as an enemy, and they couldn't even get that right <laughs> in their own article. Um and so, you know, that's just the nonsense that they do. Like, they're not even, they're not even thoughtful. Like, uh, the, 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 the dropout, like, that's a true story. Like, it's, you know, there, there doesn't have to be a redemptive arc to that. Um, she was a bad guy. Well, I get the redemptive arc is that she got caught, right? So that's, that's, the, that's the good news at the end of that is that she got caught and she is probably going to spend a long time in prison. Um, but it would be unchristian. It would be unchristian if, like, uh, you know, there's, uh, or, or you, you correct me if I'm wrong here, but like, if it's just like, I mean, you write the, you know, the story of the transgender person with the wonderful marriage and everything's going well. And like, uh, you know, as they, you know, self-identify as a, you know, a purple zebra or something, right. you know, like, like, and then, you know, there's no consequences to it whatsoever. Everything is just happy and wonderful. And like, certainly, uh, like 
it doesn't feel like that would be a Christian story then. Right. You don't well, see the Christian you, story in that, Tim? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Schaefer is the one that said art is whatever is true, good, and beautiful, right? Right, So, right. like, those are the sort of three sort of standards uh, for that. Uh, but true, good, and beautiful doesn't necessarily mean, uh, the, you know, an animated cartoon about Looney Tunes uh, can be true, good, and beautiful too, right? Um, and right. so uh, a Looney Tunes style cartoon can be true, good, and beautiful. Um, and it's it's about just what's true within the context sure. of our world. When you start trying to make transgenders have great marriages um, <laughs> or be married at all, um, that's all right. that's you're 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 not being true, um, and certainly not beautiful. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! So, so yeah. Hate speech, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I guess. But, but I, guess, I will say, at lore, if you want to make a, a film where the trans person is a bad guy because he's a trans person, and how he go, destroys the family yeah. and destroys the kids that he had because he made the decision to become a trans person, you're more than welcome uh, to write that story for lore. It'd be great. And I'll lore, write up you, the script tonight. You can't do that anywhere else. You certainly can't do that for Sony. Right. Could I could I write a story about uh, you know a, a lesbian couple basically turning their son into a transgender uh, school shooter who's addicted to psychotropic drugs? <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Okay. <laughs> 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 because no one like totally controls stories, his like, feelings. Yeah. We laugh about those <laughs> stories, right? Um, but those are exactly the kind of stories we're going to tell. Lore, uh, we already signed contracts or some very similar like that. And then, um, um, and uh, and uh, the, it's 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 going to be great, <laughs> but, but because you're just not going to you're not going to get the stories anywhere else. So, so basically, you're saying there there's a sense in which, like, no, not everything has to be explicitly Christian. Give the altar call, you know, present the gospel very clearly um, in every single piece of media that you guys are are uh, publishing or, or producing uh, whatever, whatever term is most applicable there. Um, but it at least has to be true to reality. So, so yeah. like when you watch the, when you watch um, the, the movies where there's like a, a girl uh, main character and she's like a martial artist beating up 40 massive muscular men there you know you watch that and you think you watch that and you think like that would never happen in real life you know um do you have that kind of check marcus (laughs) uh i mean that that's a good question um but i think i i just uh, yeah i don't think i don't i don't think any pitch like that would make it that far with with us um but you know yeah, it's really. You'd funny. start laughing. You'd start laughing too much, and then <laughs> so, it'd be done. Yeah, I'd be like, "Well, what, what's the catch?" Uh, so, but um, you know, like the Daily Wire, for example, they put out three, maybe four movies now, or at least announced four, uh, for sure, um, and they all have female action leads, right? But if you just go on Twitter and you type Ben Shapiro plus the draft, um, you'll see. Ben Shapiro talking about how awful it would be to ever send women into the, into the draft, right? Mm-hmm. Ben Shapiro, but it's like, dude, your movies are all women action heroes. Why would you not send them into the draft, right? right. So there's just like an inconsistency in terms of like 
his I don't think he really believes what he says sometimes. Yeah, like, I don't think he does. The movies he make have no theological like consistency um, or, or, or even political consistency at the very least in terms of what like his politic, right? So um, it's just nonsense. And, you know, and, and people, he's, people, people are calling him out for it. Um, and they, 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 they probably are going to make moves to not do that in the future. But uh, yeah, so. I would be interested to hear, I know you said, hey, it's just got to, the story itself has to be true in some sense for it to be, you know, Christian essentially. Or I can't remember if you said it's, you know, it's actually Christian if it's just a good story or if it's just, it at least like points us to Christian ideas. I can't remember exactly what you said. So A good story is Christian. Okay. Whether there's any reference to Christianity at all, right? Okay. So, so, so um, you know, a, a story about um, a, a story about um, a father. Um, I was trying to give an example, but uh, yeah, you know, yeah, a story about a father who's uh, puts himself in danger to save the life of his family. Um, is in is christian right there's a christian value there whether they want whether they want it to be or not it is actually a true christian value that we could read about in the bible because we're we're presuppositional um Mm -hmm. so we believe that uh whether they want to or not they're still being christian or they're, they're they're still yeah they're still being christian whether they want to or not you know, whether they fight against it or rage against it or, or hate God or not, they still can't help, uh, but to be <laughs> image bearers. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's why you, you get good stories, good Christian stories, like the Mandalorian, or you get good mm-hmm. stories like, you know, Top Gun. Right. So, um, you know, you guys saw the first Top Gun, right? <laughs> so the first, I did, yes. yeah, the first, Top right. Gun, first Top Gun just completely, masculine film there's no women really mm-hmm. any anywhere in there and it's about you know men going to war and and returning uh home to the the women that they love right so there's this and obviously they're not married and stuff like that but uh you, you see but you still get the you still get the point like that like there's this inherent goodness to that story um and that goodness can only come from a christian worldview yeah, I mean, so I think, uh, you know, as you think about it, like every story has to connect. God made the world in such a way that like reality bears witness to his design for it. And then it seems like he's um, like the stories that are good are the stories that fit, with, you know, in a Christian worldview kind of framework. And those right. that try to deny reality are the ones that typically, you know, you cringe at and you try to, you know, you suffer through. Uh, right. As far as that goes, or you're playing make believe uh, in that way, but then its correspondence to like the Christian worldview is what makes it connect with you. Really, right. I mean, if you if you're a Christian, like if you're a Christian, and part of the problem is that like a lot of people really they think the way the world thinks, and they yeah you know have the they share the priorities and values that the world has, and so it's it's uh, they resonate with things in a different way than a Christian should for sure yeah, too. Yeah. Did you ever see? Uh, a good, a good way of looking at this, I think probably the best, uh, one of the best Christmas movies, obviously, was like the first time alone. And like Les Lansphere did 
of YouTube video. You can still watch it, but it's about how Home Alone is a Christian movie. And there's all this evidence as to um, uh, with the old man, the old, the old man being the Christ figure in it. And there's repentance and prayer. And uh, Santa was a completely ineffective God uh, who didn't help him at all. I mean, there's like all this amazing, really amazing theological uh, underpinnings, right? He, when Kevin goes to church and he sees the old man and the old man, basically they, there's this repentance moment with this conversation, with the old man. And then, you know, the other amazing thing is like when they show you the old man in home alone, like he has a bandaid here and a bandaid here. And that's how they like introduce you to him is when he slams his hand down on the glass and you see that hole here and hole here. So they're making out to be that the old man is, is Christ. It's it's great video. Um, uh, really phenomenal, but you would never like the, the Christian symbolism is is so subtle. <laughs> sure. Like you would never really, um, you would never like just watching it. You would never make that connection. But now once you see it, you can't stop making it. And it's obviously on purpose. Um, so just a really phenomenal breakdown. It's, it's, uh, I think if you type in reform pubcast and home alone, like, I remember seeing that. I don't know that I ever watched it. Um, uh, Question for you though: Would would you say that the more like more subtle is better, or is there a way to be more overt that isn't? Um, no, you, I, I'm telling you, man. The PKs, which is the comedy sitcom we're doing, is probably the yeah. most overt thing you've ever seen in your life in terms of a Christian yeah. comedy, right? Um, there's nothing more theological in it than it, and yeah. I think because um, some people, like a lot of people, like you know, when they're critiquing Christian films, almost it seems like the critique is that just uh, you like basically it's kind of like a like in order to make a good movie, like the only way to get make a good movie is if the pagans will like it, you know. And then like the only way the pagans are going to like it is if you keep, like you make it as like, uh, you know, like so the the caricature then is like, well, you have to have an altar call moment in order to be a Christian. And a lot of people think that way, but that's not right. But then, like the point seems to be that like you keep, like make it as. Uh, you know, like it's almost like you know, in order to be faithful, you have to like be Lecrae, like you know, an artist who just so happens to be a Christian and keep your Christianity right. carefully hidden. And like secularism is the idea, not like actually a Christian worldview kind of film. The idea is keep it hidden, you know, <laughs> uh, and yeah, subtle. Lecrae, but, I mean, Lecrae's a good example of what not to do. Okay, um, you know, <laughs> he's or, not the model like, to follow. Well, yeah, I mean, one of the things, like Lecrae did an amazing job. That whole Christian hip hop movement really disrupt the entire Christian media industrial complex, right? Like it really did because everybody was downloading hip hop and Christian hip hop and they were downloading uh, it all from like iTunes and stuff. And, and there wasn't like a Christian, I mean, there wasn't a, a Christian record label involved in that Christian hip hop movement, right? There was no, like they had nothing, like it was completely grassroots sort of thing. And then uh, the Christian music industry did get involved and, they realize, well, we can't play Christian rap on K-Love, so we'll start these other radio stations called Air One. And then on Air One, um, K-Love Air One stations, that then we can play the Christian rap music. And then it just became this whole, like, just fight, I think, between Lecrae and Reach Records and this Christian music industry that Lecrae never really wanted anything to do with. And then he, so then he goes and he says, you know what? I'm not a Christian artist anymore. And he made a really good... If you ever watch, um, it's still on YouTube, but it's Lecrae's 
uh, convocation that he gave at, at um, or convention, yeah, the convocation he gave at Liberty University, and he's talking about like secular sacred divide and and all this. It's amazing. <laughs> and this was like several years ago. Several years ago, this was like right before he was about to leave. And 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 basically, what you see is like he's like, no, uh, I don't want to be part of the Christian genre anymore. And I want to compete with like Jay-Z in the hip hop genre, just like everybody else. Um, and, uh, but he went completely the other way and, right. and just thought that he should abandon um, all theology <laughs> right. and then embrace cultural Marxism, embrace the democratic party, just all this other nonsense that came with that. And that doesn't like, that doesn't have to be like that. Nobody said you had to do that. <laughs> sure. um, and so it just became this nonsense, tragic story. I think uh, still to this day, it's really sad. Um, and it never had to be that way. Like I was with him when he was doing, when he was making that jump, I was, I, I supported him. I was like, I get it. Um, you don't want to be part of the, the Christian genre. Like it's common sense. But part of that too, is that, you know, secular media, uh, the secular, you know, country music for a good example is country music and Christian music sort of were one and the same for a while. And then um, Nashville decided that they needed to separate the Christian, mu- the, the Christian music from the movie um, about bars and honky tonks and that sort of thing. So Christian music moved 30 miles south of Nashville to a town called Franklin, Tennessee. And that's sort of where you get what is Christian media? What is Christian entertainment? That sort of look and sound and feel it's all purposely defined to keep it away from the secular stuff. Right. So they kind of pushed right. us out and put us in a bubble and we've been there ever since. And the Cray was smart enough to realize that he doesn't want to be in that bubble and he doesn't want Franklin, Tennessee making creative decisions for him. And, but then it just went completely nonsense and, you know, it is right. what it is. but but he was, I think he was right initially with his, what he wanted to do, but I think he just went to the other extreme. Yeah. So, so like then the idea being then, um, like in some sense, it doesn't like, it doesn't seem like the issue is like how much Christian content necessarily is in it, but then it shouldn't be that like, if there's more over Christian references, like that's bad by definition. No. Yeah, you would agree with that, right? Yeah, for sure. But then there's a way to do it that's cheesy, essentially. Is right. that kind of what yeah. you're getting at? Yeah. What would that? When, when, it, when the story depends, when 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 the when when the, when the, the Kendrick brother stories when they break the fourth wall and they do this <laughs> sermon, right? Uh-huh, right. And it's like suddenly they're not speaking to the actor in the story. But to the audience. They're speaking yeah. to the audience that's watching it, and it's just weird and strange. It doesn't make any sense, but if the <laughs> if the preaching in it is uh, makes sense with uh, the movie, um, the, well, like like Les Miserables or something like that, right? Oh, There's yeah. a lot of oh, very direct kind of preachy stuff, but it's not breaking the fourth wall in the right. way that you're describing. Right, like yeah, the gospels in it, right, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, so so that yeah, so that's sort of. You know where I would where I would fall with that is like a, like I don't care if the movie's overtly Christian or not. Like some of the project, I'm reading a script right now for a project. Uh, we're going to announce um, the a western that we're going to announce, and man, it is 
probably one of the one of the best scripts I've ever read. Um, and it's incredibly Christian through and through. Like, I mean, it's not, it's not even hiding it. Right. Uh, but it's just the way it's done is just beautiful and, and wonderful. Um, sure. so, so yeah, so there's, there's, it can be both. Um, we own the whole world. <laughs> right. Right. And that, and that means we own all the stories in it too. Right. And so, so that's, that's, that's my encouragement to Christian artists is just, you know, make what you want. Right. It was like, what's the August, the Augustine quote is love God and do what you want. And, um, <laughs> or the Athanasius quote, I forget which one, but we, we always tell our artists to just love God and make what they want. So, or love God's kind of story that they want. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Tim, do you have, do you have any more questions for Marcus before we wrap it up here? Oh, I have a lot of them, but you know, I <laughs> probably should. Yeah. <laughs> keep them to <laughs> at least respect your time a little bit <laughs> um, i think it's a definitely a interesting topic that um that uh you know we need to think about a lot more than what we have and you know we need a lot more people who um who are engaged in that kind of project i, I think for sure yeah uh well marcus we want to thank you um for taking the time to come and talk to us today. We really appreciate it. And it's, uh, it's really interesting. You know, I think, I think you and I are, maybe we're friends on Facebook or something. And it's really interesting to see all of the, the stuff y'all are doing right now. And, um, it's fun to watch through a lot of it and kind of see it all going down in real time. So, um, you know, again, thanks for coming on. Appreciate what you're doing. Where, where can people, um, yeah. find you and where where can people go to uh you know get a, a um beta subscription to yeah lore? so if you go to um if you go to the lore founders group on facebook um it's connected to our page um if you go to that founders group and just ask for an invite someone will give it to you um so uh there's a lot of people in there that have invites that they're willing to give away and then you can if you get the invite um it's free. We're not charging anything. We're in the beta stage, so we're not charging anything at this moment. Um, and so you can go in and you can fund. I think there's only maybe one episode left of each series that needs to be funded. Um, and then, so once you do that, um, you can join uh, and and then uh, you can watch all the episodes you want. And then uh, in the next, Lord willing, in the next month or two, we'll switch over to a paid subscription and start funding more projects and, and stuff like that. So, uh, how many projects do you think you'll have? Hmm? How many? How many do you think you'll have by the time uh, you go live? Well, I don't. I don't, well, we're probably we're going to roll them out slowly. Uh, but as of now, we have about thirty uh, movies and TV shows uh, contracts signed. Um, okay. So, so ex- exclusive for us. Um, so, um, and there's probably some other ones as well. But, um, but yeah, we're we're, we're, we're basically. Uh, we'll, we'll figure that out as we go. Okay. <laughs> I think most of that just depends on um, how much investment we get in the next round or in a series A round, um, in terms of, uh, how we boost content and stuff like that. Uh, but, but, uh, but yeah, so there's three ways you can, you can help us. Um, first one is, uh, if you are a, want to be a monthly subscriber, just go to lore.tv and put in your email address. Uh, the second one is, um, if you want, are an artist and filmmaker and you want to tell stories on lore, you can fill out the creator tab on lore. And then the third one is if you're an accredited investor, um, 
or or, or want to be an investor, uh, you can uh, uh, sign up the investor tab and and whatnot. And I'd like to encourage people that are out there listening to this um, that we really need if you uh, if you look at the love and passion uh, that went into making the Top Gun movie, which is ultimately at its core uh, a naval recruitment ad, <laughs> a naval <laughs> recruitment propaganda, right? Ultimately, at its core, that's what it is. Um, uh, the love and passion that went into making that, that movie. Um, and then when it comes to Christians, we don't put any time or money or dedication or passion in telling our stories and nowhere near the way Hollywood does or really conservatives don't. Um, so I would encourage anybody out there to really think about building the kingdom and building a storytelling platform and stop investing in, one cheesy Christian movie uh, when you can invest in a platform that'll tell them all. So, um, so yeah, so if you go to the investor tab, you can sign up there to be an investor. Um, so, yeah. so yeah. What, what does Lord mean uh, real quick? I, I had never fo- folklore, got the memo. Right? It comes from folklore oh, or, or okay, right. it comes from uh, uh, laurels. Um, like don't rest on your laurels. So it means mm-hmm. award or gift basically. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. And, and just so everyone who's listening is clear it's spelled l-o-o-r dot tv right? yeah dot tv mm-hmm. yeah okay great well thank thanks again marcus for coming on we really appreciate your time and talking to us answering all our questions um and and getting to hear some of the some of the stories and some of your thoughts on all this stuff being someone who has had their foot you know uh in that world before and and uh, it sounds like for a long time too yeah, so yeah. Um, I we really appreciate it, and uh, again, thanks for coming on. And hopefully, we'll hopefully we'll have you on again at some point. All right. Thanks for having me. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.